Hello and welcome to Level Up and Friends, uh, the podcast where those of us from the video game and comic book store, Level Up Entertainment, get together with some friends and talk about uh, subjects we're interested in. Um, I'm your host, Scott, and joining me, I've got Kit. Hi, my name is Kit. You might know me as the artist behind Sticks and Spells. You could find me on Etsy, Instagram, everything behind that handle. It's really good to be a part of this podcast today. And joining us for the first time, I've got Asho. Hi, my name's Asho Buckingham. I run Curated by Asho. I'm on Etsy and Instagram, and I make weird art every day. All right. So what the kind of stuff we normally talk about on this podcast is usually like kind of pop culture stuff. Like we just, the last two episodes we did were on the Super Mario Brothers movie and like Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. And then occasionally we talk about like some serious topics. Like I have a whole series called Q and Gay, where we get into various like queer uh, discussions or like black issues and back issues where we talk about like the black experience with, with artists and writers. Um, this is probably the most different one we've done. Cause uh, we're talking about cryptids, which kind of has, which kind of is not super serious. So it doesn't fit into that. And like has a mild connection to pop culture and things, but um, it's something I've always been very passionate about. And you both happen to do cryptid stuff with your, your various art. So I thought this would be a fun discussion to have. Um, but just so people know um, what we're talking about, uh, cryptozoology is the study of um, animals that may or may not exist and don't necessarily have to be supernatural. Um, and cryptids are just what people refer to as uh, as a general thing for like those creatures. So like your Bigfoots, your Loch Ness monsters, those kinds of things are cryptids. And cryptozoology is the study of those. Um, so I just want to ask you guys uh why do you find cryptids interesting i have really enjoyed the concept of cryptids since i was a kid i wasn't a big reader back then but like the type of books that i was glued to were like urban legends cryptids stories like that um i guess i've kind of always been keen towards like not horror per se but the uncanny the unnerving and i feel like cryptids really sum that up because it's the unknown but the folklore behind it is really enticing and the different takes on it by different cultures and different people it's just kind of like a, an intoxicating rabbit hole that it's hard to pull yourself out of i definitely agree with that i feel like rabbit hole is a great way to put it once you start learning about cryptid stuff it never ends the lore just goes deeper and deeper i definitely have a passion for like fake nature documentaries specifically when they talk about cryptids as if we have scientific data surrounding them and just the camp that it entails is so good it's just a nice little human scary ghost story but on youtube this time i would say we probably shouldn't call it a rabbit hole we should call it a jackalope hole (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but no I, i agree and like my interest in cryptids and the supernatural goes very very early I don't know which came first, my discovery of like a lot of local legends or Ghostbusters, um, but they kind of go hand in hand with my original, like some of my early interests. And like, we'll get into this towards the end of the podcast, but like I've had some uh, experience with supernatural and cryptid stuff, but I remember very early, like discovering like, oh, there's a monster that lives in the like area where I live called the Jersey devil. And it's like, scared me but like fascinated me like i would read all the books and stuff about it but like i was so scared of the idea of that um but i would watch a lot of um 
See, I was the opposite. I was a very, very avid reader as a kid. I, my mother was a librarian, so I kind of grew up in the library uh, during the summers when, so that way they didn't have to do uh, babysitting. But like, they would have VHS tapes of uh, un- unsolved mysteries, and I'd watch them over and over again, like the old one, like the old school ones, because I think that they've done a couple of like reboots of that, and then things like Ancient Aliens and stuff are uh, spiritual successors, but. That's a different conversation. I don't like ancient aliens, but um, yeah. So it's just it's just something I've always been uh, extremely interested in, and like you're saying, like the folklore behind a lot of these things too is just as fascinating. Like whether or not you believe these things exist, they're still really interesting to learn about. Yeah, my parents definitely uh, instilled the 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 fear and the interest when I was younger. Because having grown up in central Jersey, we're right on the cusp of the Pine Barrens, which is the Jersey Devil and uh, a pivotal point when it comes to Jersey uh, cryptozoology. And we used to go into the woods often, like four-wheeling. And my my father really enjoyed uh, creeping us out as much as possible with all the stories and the legends when we're in the woods. So uh, a lot of that is a lot of that is to blame on them for my interest because it's mm-hmm. kind of like scarred into my DNA at this point. So you don't even have to go that deep in the Pine Barrens. It like, you look at it and it's really scary. Like, I don't have to go far, like the woods next to my neighborhood, like, cause the, they get all trees get all like gnarly and like gross and there's like no undergrowth at all. And like at night you can definitely be like, Oh, this is terrifying. But like I was a boy scout. So we'd go camping all the time. And then you know, everyone tells stories and stuff um and like i live in south jersey and i grew up in south jersey which is where the pine barrens are so like yeah when that was a a, that was just a a thing we'd always talk about and uh yeah but like it was it's like one of those things like i'm scared but like i can't like look away yes exactly and i feel like it really plays off like the cryptids really play off like the idea of the human psyche and how we create these monsters and the more we think about them it kind of brings them into existence yeah do you have any uh local cryptids asho so no i grew up in memphis there's nothing scary there but cops uh-huh. <laughs> um, oh they're but, they're universal monsters so honestly yeah, yeah. <laughs> um the school i went to was on the woods though and we had a little made up like tiny cryptid it was this really really small like alternative school and there was a fox that lived in our woods that we were convinced was some sort of hybrid. And we named him the scariest name of all, Peter. Yeah. Um, and we would catch glimpses of him during recess and whatnot. And I was just enthralled with the idea of like going somewhere that wasn't a city and seeing something that's scary and undiscovered. But I didn't get to grow up with any good cryptid really examples and fell into it when I got older, mm-hmm. um, especially moving to the deeper, deeper South. There was just way more spooky stuff when you move to rural alabama yeah well there's speaking of someone who, whose family goes deep in south carolina when you're down there there's not much else to do but tell stories drink beer oh, yeah. and shoot guns at things so and what better to do that than aliens and swamp yeah. beasts yeah um <laughs> and, but like you were mentioned like talking about like because some theories are certain cryptids like Almost every culture has some sort of wild man. Hairy uh, whether, man. Yeah, whether it's like Sasquatch or Orang Pendek or the Yeti or something. So I wonder if there is like the, sometimes there are people just in the cryptozoology circles talk about like maybe some of these things were inspired by something real at one point 
but so far in like our past and it's just been stories brought down culturally and like has changed like one of the ideas because also everything has like a dragon so i was people, just about to say that yeah so one yeah. of the things is like maybe like dinosaur skeletons before we knew what they were like you'd find like a bunch of like giant teeth you know from like a tyrannosaurus rex and like nine inches long like oh that's from like a dragon monster or like the cyclops people found like elephant skulls because where the the trunk is is just a giant hole in the middle so it kind of looks like one eye socket just stuff like that i find even thinking about things that way uh really interesting but i also like to think about things the way i was like well if this is a real thing how does it work one of my favorite things, I do a lot of like side study on medieval bestiaries. I love oh, the art. Awesome. But the way that they got designed is that they had people who was like whole jobs were to illustrate, right? Mm-hmm. And the explorers were this other party. They would write letters and just describe something just verbally in a very, very short like terms of phrase. And then they would try and draw it and replicate based on this very, very brief thing. So they invented these outrageous creatures and got them so, so far off. Like they tried to describe cats at one point. It was hilarious. Oh yeah. And um, what's funny and then is we what... get these yeah. transmogrified versions of what is really a natural creature just misplaced. Yeah, it's really funny, especially when you know it's a real animal that they're trying to do. It's like this insane game of telephone. Like 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 a lion like makes no sense when you look at them but like we know what they are like super well now but even things like gorillas used to be like a thing that we didn't like wasn't known to western science and then was discovered and it's they kind of have like a basic description that you could fit like a sasquatch into where it's like a hairy half man half like monster thing that lives in the woods you know and is like scary and powerful yeah there's so many scary things out there like Think about just the sounds that they make. Like, have you ever heard a fox bite? Terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying. You, it sounds it, like a person. Like, no wonder they were creating yeah. these concepts and visuals to go with these things that they hear at night. Yeah. I mean, you ever hear like a, a rabbit die? It's wild. It's one of the worst things you can hear. Oh, um, that sounds awful. Yeah. They like scream like people. It's awful. Oh, God. It's, it's that. It's like, it's the humanness sound to yeah. it that really freaks you out. Yeah. Um, so now that we've kind of established a little bit of what cryptids are and like why we're into them, uh, do you guys have any particular favorites for any, whatever reason? Mothman. Yeah. Mothman. So like I know you both do Mothman stuff. So. Uh, and honestly, uh, close second uh, place is the Fresno Nightcrawlers. They're just so funny and funky looking. I've tried drawing them a million times, but they always end up looking like teeth and I end up scrapping it. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like Mothman, my favorite one to draw and make art of is the Kelly Hopkinsville alien. Um, Because he's got little suction cup feet and these big, huge, wide set eyes. And he just looks like Dobby the house elf a little bit, but cute in a a way. He was kind of adorable. He's only like what two feet tall. He's a tiny little guy. He's got yeah. big ears and suction cup feet. Yeah, if people don't him. know. People don't know the Kelly Hopkins story. It is weird. I mean, most of these stories are pretty weird, but like, I think it only really has the one like family it's, that they terrorized. Right, the one family. There were like ten or twelve people in the house over the course mm-hmm. of the night. They shot it with bullets, and they were like, "We hit it. It ricocheted off. It's bulletproof." Yeah, like they would hit it, they would hear the ricochet and they'd like roll back and then they'd kind of like start floating back towards them. But it seemed they seemed to really just be like wanting to check them out. They weren't really attacking them. Just Um, scampering around on the roof. 
Yeah, it's it's bizarre. But you know, you guys both mentioned Mothman. Mothman, obviously, a lot of people have seen that. Like Point Pleasant was kind of terrorized by that for a little while. And I'm finding that there is a massive resurgence in popularity of cryptids, especially Mothman. Because yeah. I've had some of my like cryptid designs for a while. And in the beginning they were like, okay, but now everyone is like, oh my god, Mothman, Mothman, Mothman. Like I'm not sure what it is with this current younger generation, like the uh, but they're just they're crazy for cryptids again. And I think it's awesome because it's keeping the stories alive and giving us more content. But I'm just not quite sure where it came from. I mean, maybe it's a weird all right, I'm gonna sound so old saying this, but maybe it's like a weird disconnect that like our interconnected technology world has where like maybe there's some mystery left in the world people are looking for, and these kind of like are a cultural artifact. I mean, I also love I also really want to go to all of the museums and like I love the camp element of it as well. But like I, I think maybe it's like a connection to like our past. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking overthinking it. Maybe they just think he's, your drawings of him are very cute. No, no. I think that's a valid point. Yeah. Because everything I, is known. There's so much science today. So having that little bit of mystery, it's thrilling. As yeah. a young folk, I would definitely say there's some like nihilistic absurdism amongst the young kids too, where everything is so silly in the real world and like it's just ridiculous and going to heck in a handbasket. Mm -hmm. um so like believing in the cryptids and having some like little joy to be found in it is so fun and silly in camp and like it's all wild anyways why not believe in mothman i mean i guess there's probably an element of counterculture in like taking these monsters like kind of how like they made the babadook like a gay icon they're do doing the I mean? same thing with mothman <laughs> yeah do you know what i mean i think there might be an element yeah. of that which Again, it's showing my age. I just don't get it, but like more power to you. I don't care. Like whatever makes it fun. Um, and you know, like, yeah. So, all right. So, so, all right. You guys both like Mothman. You like the Kelly Hopskinville monsters. What are the, uh, what were the ones you draw that look like teeth? They're like those two walking leg things. Yeah. Right? The Fresno Nightcrawlers. Yeah. I don't like that. If, that's, <laughs> if that was a real thing, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to see it. Oh, no. I would be terrified. Like, yeah. at like, terrified seeing it in real life but they're mm -hmm. very they're just they're silly little guys doing silly things and they're cute yeah but don't do it near me i don't want to see <laughs> it in person <laughs> say any other ones you guys uh are, are find notable uh always love the chupacabra i thought that was awesome yes yeah. i remember watching a really really scary youtube video about the chupacabra as a child and then immediately going on vacation to puerto rico like two weeks later and oh, being no. just mortified as a little kid i was like oh this is staying in the nicest hotel i had no reason to be afraid of anything um but i was like oh god i'm here with it now the chupacabra is gonna eat all my goats um <laughs> and for some reason that's like one of the scarier ones i don't know what it is about it I but it just it... feels the most feral it, you know what feral it is? is a good yeah. word yeah so that's actually a relatively new thing. I think it only dates back to like the 1990s. Something really? like that. Maybe the 80s at the earliest. But I think I remember first hearing about it in the 90s and then like looking it up. So which so the Chupacabra has a bunch of different descriptions. Which kind of one do you guys like subscribe to where it's more like dog-like or like where it's this weird little alien thing? I kind of in between. Right. Like I definitely imagine like just Skin is what I think of, like just like skin on bones and scrawny and 
scraggly the worst hairless cat the yeah <laughs> yeah well how do you tell between a good hairless cat and a bad hairless cat i'm not making a joke i know it sounded like <laughs> the hairless cats are, are kind of weird looking um yeah i don't know i like the more like monstery one because i'm sure it was really just dogs with mange but, no doubt oh and yeah. like so I don't know. I was also thinking about this. I'm kind of going back to a little bit because this is going to kind of go into my next comment. Like, so I've kind of always been obsessed with monsters. And I think that's from being a big dinosaur nerd as a kid and as an adult. We're like, oh, these were monsters that were real. Um, so because of that, like stuff like Michele and Membe and like the Loch Ness monster and stuff, I don't personally put a lot of stock in because they're very outdated depictions of what like the animal they claim to be as which we now know like the rope in like doesn't work the way that you know an actual pterodactyl does um now i'm not going to say like i believe in all of these things and i don't believe in all of them but like i definitely know for a fact some of them are real because i've had experiences um i don't know if you guys have had any kind of cryptid or supernatural experiences i've also had multiple ghost things me between my brother and i oh same uh my fiance and I really love camping out in the Pine Barrens, like Brendan T. Byrne area. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's this one cabin that we stay at routinely. That's like a tradition at this point. And we were staying up late. It was like two or three o'clock, which makes it even creepier. And this is like cabin in the middle of the woods. Like there's yeah. no one around. And at like two or three o'clock in the morning, we hear a clear knock, knock, knock on the door. And it was by far one of the scariest things. What What did uh, you do? Just cower in uh, bed? Well, we clearly had lights on and we yeah. very quickly turned them off. And then we're like, if someone's out there, they know we're in here. Like, don't, don't kid yourself. So I, I grabbed the machete that I had and I run outside and I yell into the void. And I'm like, I have a weapon. I will defend this place. Show yourself. And I had to, I like circled the perimeter and then we ended up, uh, taping garbage bags over the windows so they couldn't see in and trying to go to sleep. It was so bad. We were pathetic. I would definitely not be able to go to sleep. No. Um, I haven't had any cryptid experiences. I did grow up in a haunted house um, mm -hmm. that absolutely has ghosts. It is the scariest place. Every person I've ever brought back to my mom's house has had a panic attack. Um, it is just an unholy ground. Um, so I definitely believe that there are things around and about doing doing whatever it is they do so all right so we've had a couple of ghost things in my house growing up so my brother and i both had experiences and we never talked about them until we were adults but we used to sell uh, there was a a man in the hallway and occasionally we'd see him like peer around the corner and like he kind of reminded me of like a freddy krueger kind of thing um but i would always like sleep with my door closed and like occasionally we'd see like someone looking in from the outside so i was always really terrified of windows at night um another thing like we have a my family has a cabin in the adirondacks and my grandfather at the time it was just my grandfather but my grandmother is also uh her ashes are spread right on the property and i remember i was at the car once you have to walk you have to do like a short hike to get from the car to the cabin and there was a black bear in the area that like was known about just like be aware and i swear that i saw it and I got really scared and like hid in the car and I was there for a while. And then I eventually heard my grandfather's voice, like no bear, no bear. And then I was like, okay. And I felt comforted and I went and like kind of ran. 
uh, back to the cabin. Um, so I, I do believe in like ghosts, um, but I've had two experiences with the Jersey devil. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll explain those now. So the first one was like late spring. Cause it was the end of the school year. Like there was only like a week or two left in the year 2000. So, Oh my God, 23 years ago. Um, uh, so it was one of those nights where like, you're kind of up, you're kind of down, like you're not really sleeping through the night. So like, I don't even know what time it was, but it was like late at night, early in the morning, something like that. So I'm just laying in bed, not able to go to sleep and just like feeling like crap. And then I hear like some scratching going like around my, my bedroom's like on the corner of the house. And I started hearing some scratching going like around the vinyl siding. I'm like, that's weird, but I've got like bushes and stuff there. Maybe there's a weird breeze. I'm trying to like play it off. Um, and then there was like a pile of wood by the curb, like to be thrown out. And I kind of heard something jumping around on it. I was like, Oh my God, what is that? It's of course it's pitch blackout. So I can't see it. And this is before like cell phones and stuff. I mean, they existed, but like I was 15, I did not have one. And if I did, it was like a Nokia like brick. Um, and then I started hearing the beating of wings and like the most God awful, like scream you've ever heard. Like I can only describe it as like a like a long female moan with like a whistle underneath, um, but it was terrifying. And then that description way, is yeah, haunting. It's awful. Um, and then like way down the block after that flew away, I heard like hoof like hoof clopping on the pit on the asphalt. And then let's see. So I was fifteen then. So two years later, I think it was during the summer. Because it was at the end of my Boy Scout careers, because I was one of the oldest. So I wasn't 18 yet, I was 17. Um, because I, I hadn't graduated from Boy Scouts yet, but so but I was one of the oldest, so I was kind of responsible. We're at like a campground. It's like buildings and stuff, we're not intense. Um, but you know, it's night, everyone's a teenager, and I don't know if you remember what it's like being a teenager, we have so much energy. So all of the young guys want to like explore the trails and crap, and just you know, it's dark. But it's not like too dark. It's like nine at night, 10 at night, something like that. Um, but then, you know, we're just like in the woods and then the trail. I see like a shadow run across like way in the distance. And then, of course, everyone's all excited and wants to check it out. I'm like, well, that's clearly like some sort of weird animal. But like it went really fast. But I was like, well, that's not a deer or, you know, something. So anyway, I eventually tried steering everyone back. And I just you just feel that you just feel you're being watched. Mm-hmm. you know what i mean like like your your prey instincts kick in i'm like all right i gotta get everyone back i was like in the back of my head i was like i can't be but i was like i can't take that risk so eventually i got them all back but like later in that night we're playing a board game or something i'm just like laying on the couch because like my nerves are all shot because i didn't want them to know like i was like oh i think it's the jersey devil like let's get the fuck in um so anyway uh, yeah they were like oh it looked like you've seen a ghost i was just like i'm tired and I didn't go to sleep until after everyone was asleep because I was kind of expecting it to like come around the cabin again like it was at my house. Anyway, the next morning, it's like the crack of dawn. I got to go to the bathroom. So to go to like the bathroom's in a separate building, so I have to go to that. And then way in the distance, I hear that same scream that I heard at my house. It's like, oh, yeah, I was right. But it was like very far away. So I was like, I don't think it's in immediate danger. But I was like, yep. That that was that was a thing. So I do believe in the Jersey Devil because I have firsthand experience, but I don't believe in like the Loch Ness monster because plesiosaurs don't actually like live like that, and there'd be no way to get like a uh, enough of a food source or breeding population in one lake. But so I have a question for you. Yeah. 
do you believe that there is a single Jersey Devil or do you think it's a species? I my guess is probably more of like an unknown, undiscovered animal. Okay. I don't think it's actually like a demon that was born to a woman. I mean, it's a good story. I do love the Leeds family myth. It ref- it goes back to that like cryptids reflect something in human like fear and nature. If we're talking about like hairy man myths or whatever, that like birthing a demon as your thirteenth child in a puritanical family is very like big scary human thing. Well, this also goes back to like Revolutionary War times because some of the stories are like, oh, she his father was like a Prussian soldier, so it's like old school like anti-war racism or you know war racism like propaganda i'm like that's kind of funny but yeah i I think that it's got to be something like i said i don't i mean maybe it is a demon i don't i can't say that it does they don't exist because i do think there is like a spirit world but you know i who knows what happens um but my guess is probably most of these are more on unknown animals or maybe some misidentified thing that's just like kind of like a game of telephone through generations as like warped and changed. Probably one of my favorite uh, backgrounds for a cryptid that I've heard. Absurd. Don't get me wrong. This is absurd, but it's my, like the most indulgent is that for the Loch Ness Monster, where it's seen, there's a high ratio or of like amethyst sediment, like crystals, that there's so much that the energy within the crystals create a time warp that allow <laughs> uh, from the past, like the prehistoric past, that it's actually an old dinosaur that it flitters into our current uh, time period because of the high energy of crystals within the the bedrock of the lake. One of my favorites. That's a pretty good one. I'm gonna steal that and use it in a, I a comic love book. That. Yeah. Loch Ness it's, Monster, it's so good. Bitch is a great yeah. take. Yeah. Love it. She's girl bossing. We love it. So yeah, even though, like I said, I don't believe in the Loch Ness Monster. I did have a friend who went to Scotland and I was like, are you going to Loch Ness? They're like, yeah, probably I'll I'll go there for one day. I was like, hey, can you buy me some kitschy like like Nessie stuff? Like again, because I love the roadside attraction element to a lot of these as well. Um, And I I don't know. I find it all all very fascinating. Like I really want to go to Point Pleasant because they've got the Mothman Museum right there and then they got a Flatwoods Monster one in the same town. Yeah, like, that one's terrifying. Really, I don't think the Flatwoods. I definitely don't think the Flatwoods monster's a thing. I think those kids were primed to see some sort of space alien, and then I think in the dark they were like misidentified something. Dude, the Flatwoods falls apart when they all interviewed them separate. Too. Yeah, there are like eight different Flatwoods monster versions. It's that's a loose one. It's a great little story though. Very. Space oh yeah, I appreciate the story of it, but like I don't think it's a thing that like you need to be there and be afraid of. The imagery uh, is eerie to me. Yeah. Well, when you see it on like Monster, the way Monster Quest would present it, it's like, oh God, how are we still alive? Well, but, yeah. Is it Monster Quest that also has the lizard version of Flatwoods Monster? Yeah, that, that one has the lizard one. I hate The lizard it. one stinks. I love, I love the one that you did with the Kelly, Kelly Hopkins. Uh, My star-crossed lovers, they, they're coming through space and time to find love. <laughs> So I want to talk to you guys about cryptids in your art real quick. And I think that's a good segue for you, Asho. Because like I originally just got your Mothman one. And then this year you had like a, you had those ones. You had a Bigfoot looking for big love. Um, so it, it seems to be like a romance theme with your cryptid art. 
It is. So backstory is last summer, I work at a summer camp and I got very sick from some of my kids and I spiked the first high fever I've had in my adulthood. And in a fever dream, I saw Craigslist misconnections posts from Mothman looking for love in Point Pleasant. And he was appearing to all those people because he just wanted a friend. Um, and from there, this fever dream spiraled out of control. This has become a huge part of the art I make and sell. We've done dozens and dozens of these linocut prints of different cryptids that instead of being scary monsters or like reflections of space age propaganda are really just looking for love and connection and just making kitschy little characters out of them. I think it really calls to the roadside attractionness of it and mm-hmm. less of like spooky ghost story. Um, but also I just love the idea of taking the existing source material and making something camp out of it. Yeah. I, I need to eventually get the whole collection and like, do something with them together on my wall. Um, Cause I right know I just have the Mothman one. I'm going to eventually pick up the other two. Um, I just added some so Bigfoot cool. big gloves. Yeah. The Bigfoot one's pretty great. I'm prepping for pride. I have a whole bunch. I, I've got one framed in the hallway right over here too. It's actually on repurposed Atlas maps. So I could That's do a cool. bit for wherever you're from. Yeah. That's I should. So clever. I should point out like, yeah, a lot of your art like involves a lot of recovered material, which it's I think cool. adds an element to some of the some of it which is pretty cool yeah i work um on entirely recycled and found and thrifted materials um specifically because printmaking like relief printmaking can be so wasteful and so mm-hmm. consumptive and as much as i love the art form it just pains me if i have to make 10 finished versions of something i need to print closer to 15 for all my mess ups um so using secondhand materials can a make each piece one of one and truly unique but b um, I'm not bringing anything new into the world that didn't already exist. It's like protect the planet that houses the cryptids. Like be environmentally friendly so that they can live in a clean nature setting. It's their planet too. It's their <laughs> planet too. Yeah, that's not something that's talked about enough when we talk about climate change. It's like, hey, <laughs> we need to save the Bigfoots if they do. They may or may not have exist. You know, we're, we're deforesting their their planet um you can prevent wildfires yeah yeah so and since we're talking about uh you know how how they inspire our um kit i know you've done a couple of things with cryptids i know specifically mothman and bigfoot i've seen Um, yeah tell us a little bit about uh what you've done with those so i was really intrigued with making this concept of a cryptid club with that anyone it's more of like a philosophy so I do these designs with patches or like an official cryptid club member design because anyone can like throw it on and go and do their own investigation. And like you're part of this just wide web of people that all have that same thought process. And it's just really fun to play on that. I've had a lot of people ask me if it's a real club and I was like, no, but like it's in your heart. That's what matters. <laughs> <laughs> so and my goal is just to make it cute and palatable. Like my moth, like one of my Mothman stickers is like a baby Mothman. Yeah. So my so, goal is just to make it as like cute and palatable and like something that isn't normally child friendly, make it very childlike. I think it's a fun mix of settings. Say, so I know your other Mothman sticker you've done like as a, you know, from Point Pleasant, P, uh, not PA, oh my God, 
Point Pleasant, Virginia, uh, West Virginia. And it's like kind of like a badge, but it's like a sticker. I would show you, but it's on the back of the laptop that I'm using to record this. I love um, like classic camp badge yeah. designs. I think I've told they're, you. Like, they're I so fun. I think I told you, like, I want a whole series of Cryptid Club ones of like all of them. Because I've I showed you some so of the badly. patches I've had um, where they're like, yeah, I've got like a Bigfoot one. I've got a Loch Ness Monster one. I think I have just a general aliens one where they kind of all are like the same style. Like you can tell they belong to a part of the set. And I like, I love them because I need to collect things. Like if there's one style of thing, I have to have all of it, which is why I'm not allowed to buy pops. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I would love to get more of those from you. Um, yeah. And I love, I love my cryptid club t-shirt. I'm not wearing it. I'm wearing a different uh, sticks and spell shirt. One that's more accurate to how I feel right now, where it says, uh, you know, dead inside on the front and on the back, uh, everything hurts and I'm dying. Um, Because, you know, my body's old and falling apart. And I did a, a punk rock flea market at it, uh, this weekend. And I went, I left my house at 530 in the morning. And I got home at midnight. So I'm very tired still. But um, that's a whole different conversation. But um, yeah, I. I love seeing your guys' work. Um, so have you guys read any like comics or played any games or watched any like cryptid related movies you'd recommend? Because I have a couple. I can get us started. Um, there's a comic book called Perhapanots I really like, which is kind of like a uh like a secret government team of cryptids that go and deal with cryptid stuff. Like there's a Bigfoot on the team, he's kind of the leader. He got hit with like an intelligence ray because it's sci-fi and stuff. And then they did one to, they hit a chupacabra with that, but like it doesn't work right for him. So he's kind of like the goofy character on the team. Like Mothman's like a recurring character in it. Where like it tra- like it's part of like a race that like travels through space and time and like try to like correct the timelines and stuff. That's why he was showing up at like Point Pleasant because like, oh, the bridge is about to collapse. Um, you know, it's it's fun. It doesn't come out regularly. Um, another book I need to recommend right now, it's called The House of Lothar. It's by my friend Kaylin Smith, who unfortunately couldn't join us uh, for this podcast due to technical difficulties. I would love to have had her here. Um, but it's about a young woman. I don't know what time period it is, but like I want to say it's Victorian times. Um, but she becomes a janitor at like this old mansion called The House of Lothar, or Lothar, and she realizes it's like eventually finds out that's like supernatural, and like the residents are all cryptids and stuff. Um, but it, she just launched the Kickstarter for the print copy of the first volume of it yesterday, and it's already like 300% funded. Um, so I'll put a link for that in the description if anyone wants to check it out and, and do it. Her art is great, it's described as gritty Disney. Um, so it's it's got a Disney style, but like it's got it's like rougher in a good way, like not. You know, it, it's one of those things. You once you see her style, you'll know exactly what I I mean. But um, but yeah. Did you guys have anything you'd want to recommend? Or I've got a deep cut. Um, sure. throwing it back to me being child, I was a big reader. I spent a lot of time in my neighborhood library. It was a block away, and I'd bike there. And I read every Bailey School Kids little baby novel, mm-hmm. which is just as trash series all the books are like 100 pages long it's about a school where all the teachers are either they're vampires they're werewolves the lunch lady is a monster there's every book is a new monster the teacher is something different and they're cryptids and there's a bigfoot it's 
just the silliest campiest in the kids scooby-doo style like run around the school and uncover the secret and defeat the bad guy all I mean, while still maintaining school i mean that's the harry potter books why wouldn't that be popular uh, right right yeah. but it was concurrent with harry potter so obviously overshadowed yeah um but they have the silliest cover art too i want to say they were published in the 80s and early 90s so they were like already a little bit thrifty by the time i was reading them in the 2000s um and they just ev- every week i'd get a new one god that killed me talking about being a kid in the 2000s i'm so sorry don't <laughs> ask me what year i was born in um i'm from the i remember the 80s so i'll leave it at that um but no that's cool i'm glad that like again this is a cool generational thing everyone can share um, but I remember like a lot of TV shows try to capitalize on this stuff. Like I remember watching like Monster Quest. I'm like that show is kind of bad. And it's in very the best form- way. It's very formulaic. But um, there's a YouTube channel I really like called Small Town Monsters where they do it's more like interviewing people like they do go in the woods looking for Bigfoot or whatever. But like whenever they do that stuff, it's more like they show like a lot of beautiful like it's just like more of like a camping kind of thing. We're like, oh, yeah, here's, like, bear footprints we had. Like, here's how you can tell and, like, how you can cast them and stuff. I don't know. It's really I, – I like it a lot. And then they do, like, more, like, refined documentaries where it's, like, they'll dig into, like, Mothman. But it's mostly a lot of Bigfoot stuff, um, if that floats your boat. <coughs> Actually, you're both oh. – I'll oh, say – oh, sorry. Mm, you can go. No, I was going to say, I feel like – I just asked Courtney if they could think of anything either that either we've been into that have like the same vibe as like cryptozoology. And I don't know if you guys have ever heard of uh, SCPs. Oh, I love they SCPs. Give off, they give off a very similar vibe. And yeah. there's like such a plethora of content that if you ever feel like you like reached your peak of like cryptozoology content, it's a really fun neighbor to like dive into you know what's great about the scp universe is it's all open source so you can just use it but like i know scp 1000 is bigfoot um i know there's one that's like the wendigo don't ask me what number it is yeah but like there's overlap which is really cool because it 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 grounds it yeah oh yeah scp is great i recommend it all the time and there's a lot of great youtubers that do stuff with it um there's been no really good games like there's been games but like they're not great but like I said, because it's open source, like you can just kind of take stuff from it and just use it uh, in your own things for profit or for fun, whatever you got. Um, but I was going to say, since you're both like, you know, artists and creative types, if you were to design your own like cryptid or monster, is there any particular like feature you want them to have or like some kind of interesting lore you think you would do? I'm taking this question very seriously. As you should. This topic demands serious consideration. This is an SAT question essay. Like, I guess maybe the best way to start this is like, of your favorite cryptids, what are the elements that like you find most fascinating, either from a lore or like a feature standpoint? So go ahead. Go. Okay. Um, Thank you. Sorry. Um, I think my favorite little common thread between the cryptids I make art about are their dead empty eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love the ones with like glowing eyes, no iris, no pupil, or like no s- nothing whatsoever, no readable facial expressions. 
something about that is just so haunting and charming to me and like blank slate. So you would just have a, so you're, so we, as for a starting point, we'll work on one together here though. Let's do it that way. So just, you're in the woods and you just see a dark mass and it just has two like headlights, like round headlights coming at you. Big old bug eyes. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So that's where we're going to start. What about you, Kit? Why don't you add to this? So I can't believe like the concept of this cryptid didn't come to me earlier when we were talking about my favorites. Yeah. Probably because it terrifies me so much. I like block it out until it comes to mind. Mm -hmm. uh, like skinwalkers. Oh, they're like, so scary. They, I like when we go out in the woods for anything, I just envision them and they chill me to the core. And it's the concept of something that's so human. It's not human. And just the blending in is what freaks me out the most. So uh, that, and I sometimes, I, I swear, the concept of like a shadow person can be a cryptid as well. Yeah, yeah, they're a thing. I also like the old-timey fairy description. Um, oh, like, they're evil. They're yeah. big spooky. Tinkerbell did her did wonders for the, the fairy population. Yeah, fairy um, circles, I take those serious. I don't step foot in a mushroom circle. I'm not going to mess around. No way. Yeah, but we're not in England. Come on. <laughs> or, or wait, are they from like Ireland? Ireland, I believe. Yeah, I well, they're Ireland, from over, they're from over the there. Yeah, they're from over there. Who cares? We're American. We step where we want. That's what our whole country's built on, right? Don't tread on me. Yeah. God, I can't believe I still see so many of those flags floating around. We live, I was like, we don't live in the South. Um, anyway, that's a different conversation. I'll probably edit that out. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, so like, I mean, even then just keeping like a shadowy like thing kind of lurking in the woods with big, big bug eyes. I mean, that's pretty scary. Like, you don't have to yeah. do much. Your It's the Jaws thing. Like, sometimes the less you see, the, like, your imagination fills in the details. And, like, you're going to come up with the scariest thing possible. I believe in that wholeheartedly. It's like the whole concept that our minds naturally put together pictures. Like, if you look at wood grain, you're going to see faces pop out at you. It's just the way our brains are wired to create images and faces. Yeah, it's so called parandolia. Yeah, that. Yeah. So, like, just to give us a blank slate and that we will scare ourselves on our own. We don't need any extra help. Cool. I mean, that's good to know that uh, we're probably never going to be get rid of that, like, monkey part of our brains. Nope. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they'll have some sort of computer implant we can eventually put in there. But it makes you wonder why we have that part of our brain. Like, was there a reason that we needed to have that pattern recognition back in the day to, like, avoid being hunted by these things like I mean, everything comes from somewhere i mean that's why fear of the dark is such a prolific thing because like oh that's when predators would kill you you know that's yeah. why like it's why, like full moons are really scary because it's really like it's light out so things are more active because they can see you better i think that's where like the concept of like a werewolf being attached to that comes from <laughs> excuse me and i will say as far as like brains being wired for pattern recognition there was a point in our history where you had to know all the foods that were safe to eat because we weren't going to you know the store to do the thing and like you have to know all the faces that everyone makes to know if they're a friend or a foe but we're so far removed from like you know foraging that now we have this weird skill that's hardwired in and we've got nothing to do with it but scare ourselves in the dark i mean <laughs> yeah good use for it 
the reason we even have color vision is primates needed to know when food was ripe or fruit was ripe. So they developed color vision so they can set detect like, you know, like, oh, this apple is green is red now. I can eat it. Stuff like that. And it's weird. You think like, yeah, like just biology and like how it plays such small parts and like how we interact with the world. Like it's the reason we're bipedal and like use tools and stuff. It was just like ancient survival techniques and just happened to be mutations that like our ancestors kind of like passed down. And then these stories are probably, like I said, are probably a big part of that. You know, when like a lion takes someone in the middle of the night and you don't know why, like how we see these big, scary, like claw marks in the ground, like what made those? And like, again, you fill in like, what's the worst thing it could be? Yeah. The fill in the blank. Yeah. Scary Mad Libs. Exactly. I was trying to think if there's like Terror Libs or like a good one. There's not. Oh, well. <laughs> but yeah, is there anything else you guys wanted to, to discuss? Cryptid, cryptid style uh, before we call it quits tonight? I've been trying to remember the name of his YouTube channel and I, for the life of me, can't find it. Um, but they do almost exclusively indigenous Canadian folklore in myths. Is, is it Harrison Peters? I don't think so. All right, because that's one of the ones I watch too, where he's very Canadian. You like you hear it in his accent, but like he talks about like yeah, Canadian like Canadian myths and like legends and stuff. And there, he's a good person to fall asleep to. He's got one of those kinds of voices. Yeah. Where, um, but his so that's another recommendation, but um. If you happen to find the channel you're you're talking about between now and I think next Friday this is going to go up, um, just, just drop it me an email and I'll link it. Absolutely, um, but I really do feel like there's something special about like Indigenous American folklore and myths and cryptids that's different from like I don't want to say like contemporary, but for lack of a better word, the the non-Indigenous ones. I think there's something so sacred and special in neat about learning about them and they have the same fear fa like fear factor and sort of basis but just a different reverence about it like i love ogopogo he's just so nice yeah i was about to say maybe it's because we live in north america but like things like the wendigo and skinwalkers it's like, i don't i don't want it i don't want that to be real i don't want that around me but like it's it is funny like when europeans came over like we brought like fairies and leprechauns and stuff with them like, did you ever read American Gods? I was the thing when we were talking about fairies and coming over. Yeah. I was going to bring that up. Yeah, like that's kind of an interesting way. Like, granted, that one's probably more of like exploring the stuff as like a cultural aspect rather than like, oh, we brought actual monsters over. Um, but that also deals with more like worship and like other aspects of things. It's like one of the main characters is Odin. Um, but it's more so like the 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 belief that the human belief in something collectively is strong enough to bring it into existence. Yeah. I find that fascinating. And also Neil Gaiman is one of my favorite writers. So like it was an early thing I discovered from him. And then I, I yeah, that's a great book. I don't really like the show, which I think got canceled. I don't think it ever finished. No, it got canceled. Yeah. I, I didn't think it was very good. I thought it was all style over substance. Whereas like I loved the book. But um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's fascinating, and we could probably go on like some crazy deep dives on some really obscure things, and maybe we'll do a part two sometime. 
because I'd love to bring uh, Kaylin Smith in and to discuss this. Um, maybe after her, maybe maybe when Volume Two comes out, we can do that. But yeah, like I said, I just—it's always been a thing I've been fascinated by. Like even before having personal experiences with it, because um, I remember when I originally told my friends about like when the Jersey Devil stuff happened to me, they're like, "Oh, it's because you believe in all that crap. Like you just think it happened." I'm like, "I I, I disagree." Um, wholeheartedly because that was one of the scariest especially the first time weirdly the second time I wasn't nearly as scared I guess probably because I was like with people even though I was outside um, but yeah I don't know for a lot of for a lot of people seeing is believing and yeah. until they experience it themselves they just can't they they can't bring themselves to believe in it which is fair but I believe yeah or, you know, I want to believe. I definitely do. I want to believe, yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely do believe. And, like, even the this, this stuff that I find more far-fetched, like, to be like be plausibly exists, the story of it is still fascinating. And I, I kind of just kind of love all of them. Like, you know, it's like real-life Pokemon, you know? Yeah. I gotta just, learn about them all. And the fact that in the year 2023, scientists are still discovering fully unknown species of creatures. Yeah. The fact that it's happening means it's going to continue to happen. So all of this, there's there's a, a small plausible reality to it, which is really fun. Definitely enough hope to hold on to. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It gives you something to hold on to. Yeah, and I like the idea that there is some mystery and wonder still left in the world to discover. You know, there's still blank edges of the map, you know? Absolutely. There's still places where they would write here there'd be dragons. Maybe we'll find an actual dragon. I don't know. That would be every cool. culture, every culture has them. Yeah. They gotta be from somewhere. Like I said, I, I subscribe to the theory of dinosaur bones and doing oh, yeah. inspiring dragons. That makes a lot of sense, but like, you know, they're fun. Like in general. But like, I think that's why like they're so like it, they're fun to just to study just because they're so different from culture to culture, and like yeah. not only like in description but like what they represent. Because like in Chinese mythology, they're usually pretty like they're good versus like European where like they are like monsters to overcome. They're fire and destruction. Period. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely know. think they're fun to make art about too because it's not something you see every day so for like a lot of history people have been just captivated by like you get to make something that you don't see every day yeah. versus drawing the same apple over and over again yeah and like i assume as artists they're probably fun to like play around with because there's like you can't say you're doing them wrong exactly everything is up to interpretation Ooh. but when you draw one people know what it is which is really really fascinating that something that can vary a hundred percent can be identified we'll say how how does the people recognizing your mothman charm right next to your gengar charm which do they go for first people really go for the mothman all right which is I, good i hope so yeah. good i'm makes me happy let say people like my traditional mothman better than my mothman and drag but they're wrong i honestly <laughs> She's I haven't seen beautiful. the Mothman in drag. Oh, she's beautiful. She's got on tall boots and a tiny skirt and big glammed up wings. It's beautiful. Just silly. 
Oh man, that's super exciting. Like I, I'm excited to get more stuff from you guys. I'm just selfish and want more because <laughs> I like I like both of your art, but you know, I it's a fascinating topic to discuss. And yeah, we can discuss whether or not things like may or may not exist, and if they do, what are they? But like I like said, the folklore to it is is a big part of the charm. I just everything about like the, like the roadside nature of everything, like. I don't know. It feels like there's like a shared experience in certain areas where like if I go to Pacific Northwest, like people like have Bigfoot experiences, like and they're all wildly different people. And like, I don't know, it's 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 fascinating to hear people's stories. And then, you know, you kind of want to piece them together. One of the earliest I'll just share this one story and then we'll probably call it call it quits because it's been about an hour. One of the earliest comics I was trying to make was after my my experience with the jersey devil is like well i then i like read every book like even more and i was like what if all of these were stories were real and i tried to make like a timeline and like a story and like there was multiple demons to deal with it because like that would explain like the different like descriptions and like i came up with this whole thing where, like there's kind of like this misunderstood heroic monster it was really the firstborn but it ages really slow. So it was still like a kid when like it's 12 siblings were like looked older than it. And like, it became a whole thing. I never did anything of it because I was like 15. But now that I'm starting to like make comics uh, with my friend, maybe I'll revisit that idea. Um, that might be fun. But, you know, I just, they spark the imagination. Uh, you know, whether you try to like make them like scary or, you know, you're trying to do something fun, like make, you know, a drag queen Mothman. Would that be like a Woth, Moth woman? I don't know the, per- I'm, I don't know it's how touchy. the drag, I don't know how the drag queen culture works. I don't know how drag, drag culture works with cryptids specifically. Yeah. I just refer to her as Mothman and drag. Okay. Um, and no one's come on to me about it i guess i could give her a really funny name that was i was trying to think of a name that's the only thing i could think of but i know there's like a lot of like slang in the drag community i've never watched rupaul's drag race it's i'm queer and i'm involved in all that community but like i've never been to drag shows like it's just a thing i've never done i've never had the opportunity to closest thing i've did i had a friend who was a burlesque dancer and i went to one of her shows once but like that's a totally different thing but um, I want I want to draw a. I want to give your Mothman drag queen. I want to give her uh, a girlfriend. I would love that. What's she, her, what's her yes. girlfriend gonna be? I don't know the possibility. We need we need to we need to collab on this. Okay. Absolutely, I'll carve it and everything. We can print yeah. it. It'll be great. Let's do it. Let's Yay. do it. She needs a partner in crime. All right, I'm excited to see what this is going to be. Um, I was gonna say a big foot in heels would be kind of funny because oh. it's got big feet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course it. Yeah, cinch that way. I was gonna say you can do Matched. you could do some really fun stuff with the hairstyle. Like you do like a big bouffant thing, but like you can spread it throughout the whole yeah. body so they're really fluffy. It's, it'll be called snatch squatch. Oh, snatch <laughs> <laughs> oh, you heard it here, folks. We've got a new monster on the loose and she is fabulous. Um, <laughs> but guys, thank you again so much for joining me. Um, 
I, I really appreciate it talking, talking to y'all and it's fun just to hang out. I know I keep, I usually see everyone in like a more professional setting where like we're vending and working on stuff together or blah, blah, blah. Like it, it, it is fun to just get around and around the digital campfire uh, and, and talk about things, uh, especially, you know, Hey, we can tell some more like monster stories at some point. I'm sure. We'll, I mean, if they ever find a Bigfoot, like we'll definitely come back and talk about it. Um. Which always makes me laugh about like shows like Finding Bigfoot. Like if they found it, we would have heard about it before the show. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But yeah. I'm okay going along for the ride. It it's is the fun journey, to go not the ride. destination. I don't disagree. But um, let's uh, give everyone like one last chance to to find where they can find you. Uh, Kit, where are you at? All right, you can find me mostly on Instagram, uh, Etsy under the handle Sticks and Spells. I've got a lot of shows coming up, ranging from New York City to Virginia. So if you look at my site, you can see all the shows that you could find me at in the next couple of months. And what about you, Asho? Lovely. So my name is Asho Buckingham. That's my Instagram handle. And my Etsy shop is curated by Asho. I'm going to be at Philly Punk Rock really soon. Nice. Um, and stuff I'll in... see you there. Oh, for real? On the Sunday? Yeah. Uh, I don't remember. Oh, wait, is that the one outside? Yeah. Oh, no, I did not do that one. I Take chickened it. out. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, well, you both yeah. did Free Comic Book Day, which is the most important show you can do. Of free the Comic year. Book Day is lovely. Anywhere Scott yeah. asked me to be, I'll be there. Um, oh, mostly be Free Comic Book Day. Yeah. So, yeah, Baltimore is a little bit of a drive, but like you both, like Kit and her friend Annabelle does like kind of spooky horror stuff usually have you guys come out for uh halloween comic fest because that's mm-hmm. a little bit more curated and smaller but like i try to get people that have more of like a monster like more of a halloween thing kit since she sticks and spells she's got like a lot of witch stuff so again that works into like the goofy a- a- nature of halloween where it's not you you know not that your stuff's super scary either asho but you know Sometimes I do have some people that like go for more of that route at that show, but we'll talk about that when it gets a little bit closer to October. Well, yay. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much. Yeah. Always a pleasure. I'll have more excuses to have y'all guys on at some other point. Um, We can talk about that off mic. If there's ever anything you either want to promote or like any kind of topic you want to talk about, let me know. Yeah. Um, So again, thanks for both of you for joining me. Thank you for listening at home. Um, I'll have links to everybody's stuff in the description. Um, So until next time, be safe.